Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another episode of Redemption Unscripted. I'm your host, Austin McCann, and excited to be back with you with an exciting topic. But first, let me introduce who we have on the mics. As always, we have our lead pastor, Rick McKee. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Austin. Good to be with you. And may I introduce the other person on the mic? Yes. <laughs> there you go. I thought you were just going to do it anyways. Yeah, but yes, right, you here can. Here we go. So let me introduce the other person on the mic because... Doing the podcast with us today is my favorite staff member. Now, as a lead pastor, you're actually not supposed to have a favorite. And if you do, you should never say it, particularly not publicly on a podcast. But I think most people will understand because with us today is our director of women's ministry, doing a great, great job with that. But also my wife of 27 years, 28 years, 20, it's 28 now. Yes. Okay, good. You had to hesitate, too, so I feel better now, right? So my wife, Shannon McKee, is here with us. Shannon, say hello to the folks. Hey, everybody. It's good to be with you. I'm happy to be here today. And particularly, we're excited to have Shannon with us because of the topic. So the topic of this podcast episode is the Enneagram. So we're talking a little bit about what the Enneagram is and how that can help us relate to God and others and Shannon has done a lot of work on the Enneagram. Um, I don't know if you'd call yourself an expert, but you're pretty more, close in my more book. More of I a think. geek okay. than an expert, probably. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, right. Enneagram <laughs> geek. That's accurate. That is right, accurate. Right. So you've done some work with our staff team, and even you and Rick, I know, have done some work together, and we'll talk about that. But wanted to have you on the podcast so you can share some of your thoughts with us. So that's kind of where we're going. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Enneagram and particularly how that impacts our walk with God and relationship with others. So uh, if you guys are ready, we'll dive right in. Yeah, Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Well, let's start with this. What in the world is the Enneagram? So I would think most of our listeners might have heard the phrase, seen it on social media, but what in the world is the Enneagram? Good start, because many people know their number, one to nine, they know their number. But a lot of people are like, any a what? Yeah, so right. So Shan, yeah. What, what, what is it? So the Enneagram is basically personality inventory test type of thing, whatever you want to call it, inventory test. Um, it, it, the reason it's called the Enneagram is because Ennea means nine, and there are nine basic personality types, and gram just means graph or, you know. and Because so, it comes with a graphic. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It looks a little bit like a star almost, the mm -hmm. way the graphic works out. And so... Um, yeah, so it's just, I mean, it's not saying that there are only nine personalities in the world, but it is kind of breaking down nine basic categories that most people fall into. Right on. And so that's where, that's really, in a nutshell, what it is. And it's satanic. No, it's not. No. It does have some pagan roots, though, and so that's a mm -hmm. good caution. That's a, a good reminder to us that... Um, like anything, it can be taken in many directions. And so, you know, psychology can be taken in a bad direction. All sure. kinds of things can be. And so um, the early adapters to it were more pagan. I mean, they were more just looking at it that way. Um, and that's why people will say it has pagan roots. And it certainly has been used that way. But it's also been used to the glory of God. 
and I, I jokingly say that it's satanic, obviously, the, because the graphic to it, the gram part of the Enneagram, looks a little bit like a star. Some people get really nervous on that, and then they get nervous because it does have pagan roots. But, but what does that mean? Um, so there are many things that we use that are not explicitly Christian. So right now, uh, TJ is producing for us, and he's using a laptop, and he's set up mics, and there's all kinds of technology. I'm not assuming all this technology we're using was created by Christians. <gasps> is right. this a non-Christian podcast? Is this anti-Christ? No. No, no, no. So, so just because something was created by a non-Christian doesn't mean that it's wrong, that it's unbiblical, or that it's bad. And so sometimes we redeem. There's so much medical technology that has been created by Muslims that is very good stuff, and we can use that. And so this is a wonderful psychological tool for understanding categories of human personality that was created by non-Christians, but there is truth in it, mm -hmm. uh, and, and it, we can redeem it and, and use it uh, to God's glory. Yeah, I think you've said in the past often, all truth is God's truth. I don't well, know if that's if I can original to you. <laughs> yeah, Augustine. So okay. I, I like Augustine and Rick, very, very different, <laughs> different, different categories. Okay, right. I've heard you say it. I Fair never enough. got to hear him say it. But um, yeah, so the idea that all truth is God's truth. And so can God take this idea that there are nine kind of categories that a lot of us fall into and use it to help us grow? I think, yeah, I think he can and yeah, does. And, and very much like uh, there were some non-Christians who used astrology and astronomy and followed a star to the Savior. And, and so that came from a pagan thing, but they figured out some things in the sky and were, it, they were able to use it for God's glory. Exactly. And I think that's where this falls. Um, Certainly, we don't want to rely on it in a, an unhealthy way. Even as Christians, we can use it improperly, and I think we're going to talk about that eventually. But, um, but for now, yeah, those are some of the roots to it. Yeah, and it does seem like the the more popular stuff coming out now about the Enneagram in the past couple of years is definitely coming from a Christian mm -hmm. culture. Like, there's great books written on it, and so I think it is a way we are seeing it being redeemed in a way that's really helpful. So yeah. So I think, I mean, we all we all know there's tons of tests out there like this. This isn't the first personality test that's ever came out. I mean, it's one of the more popular ones now, but there's always these tests that, you know, people take, want to see what their personality's like. So how do we as Christians, I mean, we've talked about the Enneagram can be redeemed, we can use it, but just these personality tests as a whole, how do we as believers approach it in a way that's helpful, but but knowing there could be some downside? So what do we do as believers? I think one of the things we do is avoid the approaches that are unhelpful. So if I could flip it from, you took a positive, I'm gonna take a negative approach first, if I may. Because one of the things, when we were first married, Shannon, we were on staff with a college minister, I remember being on a staff team. I think we did the Myers-Briggs. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, DISC came along later. And there's any number of tests like this that I think are very, very helpful to finding out how God has uniquely made me, uh, how God has uniquely made you, understanding ourselves, it's good. So there's good uses. But then there can be very, um, very bad uses. Like when it comes to the Enneagram, there was that great statement in one of those books. 
Uh, I'm the, not the sure sword exactly what you mean. I'm sorry. Like a, oh, yeah, yeah. She's uh, Beth McCord is one of my favorite authors on the right? Enneagram. And uh, she says that it can be used as a sword, not to use it as a sword or as a shield. There it is, sword or shield. Of these, those could be dangerous. Explain those. So her thought is, you know, if you use it as a sword, you kind of weaponize it and you use it against other people. So, you know, if I know you're type one, I assume that everything you do that, oh, that's such a type one thing to do, or oh, that you're such a one, and you're really pigeonholing people and putting them in a place where how God has made them almost is like a, a bad thing, or, you know, and so you're weaponizing. And it even becomes accusatory. Yeah. You, you're being a one right now. Right, And I'm, right. I'm thrusting that sword. Right. All right. You can also use it as a shield to defend your own weaknesses. So like as a, I'm a nine and uh, nines often deal with procrastination as no. one of their... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you know, it's not really cool to bring out the marriage card in this conversation. But no, Rick sees my procrastination better than anybody. But uh, so yeah, that's a, a weakness of mine. Well, I could use my Enneagram type as a shield to say, well, I'm I, nines just struggle with procrastination. That's just who I am. I, I can't change. And that totally leaves out the sanctifying work of God in the midst of that. And so um, scripture's pretty clear about procrastination not being a great, it, it can be misused. And Well, and that's one of the things that another balancing thought to using the Enneagram that comes up. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to underuse it and I don't want to overuse it. Mm-hmm. Because if understanding your Enneagram type is the key to spiritual formation and spiritual growth, then why the heck did God not put it in the Bible? Exactly. It's ridiculous of God not to put it in there. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe it's not the key. Maybe there's a lot about, Proverbs has a lot to say about the ant and the sloth and hard work and discipline and stuff like that. So maybe it's spiritual disciplines and discipleship and growth. So I don't want it to start to eclipse what is solid Bible growth. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, again, there is good in this understanding how God has uniquely made me, and there is a redeeming characteristic here, and we can use that. We just have to keep the balance. Yeah. I feel like it's a tool. It's a tool God can use to help shed light on how we're wired that can help us identify ways we need to grow as well as ways that we're really gifted and, and, to, and to embrace like, wow, this is how God has wired me. There's some real beauty in that. Whether we're talking Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or whatever, if it helps us move towards sanctification, I think it can be. And so we just have to view it as a tool, just a tool. That's it. Absolutely. And when we look in the scriptures, we see variety in among humanity. So, so Paul is very different than Barnabas mm-hmm. and very different than John Mark and very different than Peter. And there is distinction there and difference and understanding those can be helpful at times. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, you guys said it well. I mean, keeping it in its, in its proper perspective, proper place. And, and we're going to talk a little bit on the rest of this podcast about um, knowing your number, knowing where you're at in the Enneagram, how that impacts your walk with God and people. But I do want to tell our listeners, if you're at this point of the podcast and you're like, I have never taken the test, Mm. now's a great time to do that. So we give you permission 
pause the podcast, come back later. And if you look in the show notes, we will drop a link in there to one of the tests that you can take. There's tons of different Enneagram tests you can find out there. Some cost money, some don't. So we'll put a free one in there. Uh, One that we actually use is we hire people here on staff. So you can take that, get your number, and then you can resume the podcast as we dive into that for the rest of the time. So with that being said, uh, the next question I want to throw at you guys is, how does knowing your number, so our listeners, they go take the test, maybe they already know the number, uh, and they're a number six or whatever number they are. How does knowing that number help you in your relationship with God or help or hurt in the sense of knowing your wiring and how you relate to God? One of the things that can be helpful is if you just took the test and you didn't come out as a one, a three, or an eight, you can spend some time in repentance. <laughs> oh my gosh. And Here we go. Here we go. You're showing you your agree? number. You're showing your number. <laughs> I would not agree. I would <laughs> no. not agree. And I like how you just told them to pause and take the test. Like I'm aware a lot of people listen to our podcast while they're driving to work. What so, they do with that is not our responsibility. Okay, not our Please responsibility. Please be safe, everyone. Legally <laughs> absolving ourselves of any liability. Right, do not right. drive and take the test. But All right, so all seriousness, so Shan, how has knowing your number helped you in your relationship with God? I will say, um, just really quickly uh, on taking the test, Please. you might take the test and find out that n- this doesn't sound like you at all. You'll, mm-hmm. you, you know, you get... Let's say you get your number two, and you're like, you read through it, and you think, this just doesn't, you know, so the test isn't magic. Um, so just be, be willing to be okay with that, and you might read through it. I know Rick came out pretty close on two numbers, and he, once he read through the description, that's when he came to a place where he was like, oh, I think I'm more this one. And, not, and I'm okay to say my number. I, it was a one or an eight. Yeah, and, right. And those you often get a lot of ones test as eights. Do I remember that correctly? Yeah, yeah. And get, so that's a common mis, mistype. Is yeah, what mistyping of them. And I remember in the book that we read... It, I think the husband, it took him a long time to figure out what he was. Yeah. And so it's not only taking the test, but reading the descriptions, getting input from people around you. He even met with a counselor. And, and so it can take a while to tease it out. And it was helpful for me because I would have said, yep, I'm an eight. But you and I read the description on the one, and I'm so close on both of them. Right. I'm clearly a one. Yeah. Yeah. When you read through your core motivations and desires, it, came, it became clearer then. So. I am number one. Well... Whatever. We don't say it like that. Yes, no, we, don't. we do not agree to that here at Redemption Chapel. But yeah. So anyway, so that was so as far as how it's helped me in my walk with the Lord. Going That's back a, to that question. Great caveat that you put in there about taking the test and being careful. Yeah. Uh, now uh, you've taken the test. You know that you are a nine. You are like a textbook nine. I am. And how has that helped you in your relationship with God? For me. Uh, Doing the Enneagram test was like going to, I think, what going to a counselor would be like, where it just, I'd been wrestling through, kind of coming through a darker season in my personal walk with the Lord and in my life. And the Enneagram, and I was hitting a point of being frustrated because I couldn't understand why I couldn't get past certain areas of sin and frustration in my life. And the Enneagram really, for me, it was, I think that's why I'm so excited about it, because it just 
opened up for me. I had lots of light bulb moments where I was like, oh my gosh, that is exactly how I think what I do. What I'm really looking for is this, these are my motivations and desires. And here are kind of some of the uglier things that are coming to the surface that aren't, you know, aren't really, I'm not really living in who I am created to be. And I even felt bad about who I was. And so I think for me, uh, it was great in my walk with the Lord because it started to shed some light on those things, some things I needed to come to him and confession about and turn over to him. And then other things I needed to learn to delight in the fact that my identity is rooted in him first. And then these other things about how he's made me are blessings. If I remember during that season, it was like water to a parched soul mm-hmm. for you. It was. And sure. some of it was because you were in your frustration and despair. You were having a hard time loving yourself, mm-hmm. rejoicing in who you are. And by taking the test, you figured out, oh, you're just this type. This is just how God made you. And there was a lot of self-understanding that came from that. And not only understand yourself, but that God made you that way. And there is much to be rejoiced in there. Is that right? Yeah, it was very much, um, yeah, it was exactly like that. And I think, you know, this is a little peek into our relationship Mm -hmm. for our listeners, but because you're a one, you're a very strong personality, and it's easy for someone like me to fall into the shadows of that and to feel like, well, am I not as worthwhile because I'm not... I'm not wired to pay attention to details like he is or to, there were just some things where I think I was comparing myself to you and thinking, oh, I have to be like that and wasn't appreciating that, no, this is how God made me and that brings value to the body as well. Yeah, and Pastor Austin, I know, I I think you want to get us into how it's not only affected our relationship with the Lord, but also with each other. And we're already cracking into that a little bit. Yeah, because you you've said at times that I cast a big shadow or I fill a room, right? And you would compare yourself to me. So, so your ability to be labeled good was measured according to being a number one, right? Being a type one, yeah, right. And uh, so you're measuring. So you're a nine, and you're defining a nine's goodness by her ability to be a one, right? Which is so defeating. It's so defeating. It's cheating. It's not fair. It doesn't work. Right. And so you were just crushed by that. And so for you to realize, wait a minute, Rick's like that because he's made like this. I'm made like this. And there was a lot of freedom that came in there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of starting to... I was at a point, honestly, there were times during these last five or so years leading up to this that I, I thought am I even a Christian? Like, why am I struggling so bad with the same patterns over? And it was so, I was so frustrated, like coming home from a gospel coalition conference, crying in the car, because I was feeling like I just don't understand why I can't grow in these areas. And so the Enneagram really helped. Absolutely. Now, to bail my wife out so she can take an emotional breath. uh, And it's good. Hey, it's a podcast. They can't see you cry, right? That's good. Uh, that, uh, Austin, to answer your question, one of the ways it helped me is that I, too, at times felt defunct. Um, and it caused me actually to uh, 
and take more confidence in how God has made me. So you know I can notice everything. I'm driven. Uh, I go for it. Like there, there's something there. And uh, there was a part of me that like, is that just fleshly? Is that... Um, and no, there, there's ways God has wired me that have actually been a real blessing to our team and to our church and the growth of our ministry. And it's been a blessing, right, Chan, to our family. Absolutely. Uh, but, but there were times where I would take that as, maybe I'm just messed up. And, and I, I don't think I am. There's actually strengths there that I don't apologize for now. I need no, to still grow in my weaknesses. Sometimes I need to mitigate my strengths even uh, and, and temper them some. But so it doesn't give me a, a shield, as you said earlier, Shannon, to just do whatever I want and say, well, I'm a one, deal with it, man. You know, no, I can't do that. But I can at the same time have confidence that God has made me this way. It is a strength. It is okay. And I'm going to go full steam ahead. Yeah, and I think, first of all, both of you guys, thanks for your honesty and mm-hmm. sharing that and even uh, being real with us. We appreciate that. And I think what you're both hitting at that's good is the Enneagram is, or any personality test is not meant to discourage us. It's not meant mm-hmm. to show us, you know, we all suck and here's why. Like, it's it's showing us we're all wired differently. God created us differently, and there's strengths uh, in all those, but there's weaknesses. And But knowing your weaknesses is a way to get stronger because you know how to work around that, you know how to, um, grow from that. So, so that's, yeah, I mean, you guys already kind of hit it a little bit, but I mean, how, how has this helped in your marriage? I know you guys kind of together did some reading, I think, uh, together. So what, what did that look like? And then how has that helped your marriage and maybe even challenges along the way with that? Yeah, it's, I think it's been really, uh, helpful. We read, uh, the, the, we read um, Beth McCord's book, uh, Becoming Us. She and her husband, her husband's a pastor also. Um, he's a six and she's a nine. And one of the things they talked about uh, in the first pages of their book is to not, the, one of the benefits to uh, learning each other a little bit better is uh, to avoid something called a suicide. Mm. And they talk about how when we go through the world, we assume that people think the way we think. I mean, that's not too far-fetched because if, if it makes sense to you, you just assume that other people feel it, see it, and hear it the same way you do. And so the Enneagram really helped us, I think, because as we started to read and learn each other better, and mind you, this wasn't until we were like 26 years into our marriage, but um, I think we just realized... Like there are there are moments where I think so Rick in his oneness ones walk through the world feeling the desire and the burden to um, to fix what they see around them um, and it's hard for them and, to, and we see everything yeah exactly you do literally everything <laughs> everyone on my team would agree with that statement right right well I take that I don't walk through the world like that like I. Yeah, not even close. And so I when he would bring things up, I would take that as a personal like affront. Like, of course he walks through the door and notices that first or whatever. Um, and it would be very hurtful to me. Uh, or um, in the, And so it helped me to understand that's how he goes through the world. It's not necessarily something personal to me. And the other way it helped me was it helped me to understand that um, the weight of 
like honestly, sorry, babe, but being a one would suck, I think. <laughs> like my, I don't want to walk through the world yeah. feeling that burden. And so it helped me even to empathize with you a little bit and feel like, okay, that that's a heavy burden to bear all the time. How can I understand my husband better and know that that's what's going on in his world all the time? And it's crazy. I, I mean, I will walk into any environment, any restaurant, uh, any business, uh, any church, our church, our team, any place in our house, and I can instantly see what is wrong and what needs fixed. And I'm driven and motivated to fix it and to fix it right. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, that I feel that. Mm-hmm. So and please it, don't invite Rick over to your house. <laughs> yeah. will find Nobody will ever wrong. invite you again. But you might fix it, so it might be a, not exactly. a bad thing. <laughs> exactly. right, right. And again, that, that's where it's like I, I've learned to embrace, like, uh, that's a strength. And in uh, Redemption Chapel is where it is because of the work of Christ and what he has chosen. But in part, he has chosen to do that uh, through some of my gifting over the years. Now, I'm not the only one. He's uh, the priesthood of believers, and it's huge. But I know he has used me significantly in that, and I can rejoice in that. At the same time, I know it's a burden to me, and I know sometimes it's a burden to those around me. Love you guys. Sorry. Yeah, right. Well, it's even, I mean, knowing that about you has even helped me shepherd our kids better. Our mm-hmm. kids are teenagers, um, well, no, no. early 20s and 18 and 21. Yeah. And, uh, and so as they move into young adulthood, like, and they, and at times feel like, oh, I'm frustrating dad or whatever, it's helped me to explain to them, like, hey, this is how dad approaches the world. And so I think there are benefits in our marriage that way. Now, another benefit on is not just being, realizing what a one is like, but realizing what a nine is like. Mm-hmm. And as a peacemaker, oftentimes your highest goal is not that anything around is broken, that's broken is fixed. That's me. But it's that everybody is peaceful with each other. Mm-hmm. And you want calm and you want peace in your environment. Right. And so here I am trying to fix everything. And here you are just trying to have peace. And so uh, a one and a nine is like a sick joke. Right, right. <laughs> right? Like, and it's been interesting to learn. So sometimes what, the way it would come out is that uh, if I'm correcting the kids in something because I want to fix something, Shannon would enter the environment and she would simply want to uh, just have peace between all the parties. Now, trying to get a teenager to be peaceful <laughs> is really an uphill climb. So she would turn toward me and try to correct me. Now, I'm, I'm the parent, and I'm not always right, but most often with the teenagers, I need to correct them. That was the right flow. But Shannon would try to turn it the other direction and correct me. And the reason why is because she knew she couldn't get the kids to change. She could get me to be reasonable. And by that, she would correct me, and she would get peace. So see, we had two different goals. Mine was to fix something. Hers was to get peace. And, and it would, we would get at odds with each other a lot in these situations until we figured out what was going on. And the Enneagram was helpful in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would end up feeling abandoned by me because mm-hmm. you felt like, well, you should be backing me up, not correcting me right now. And I'm feeling like I just need for the people to stop yelling at each other. So, um, <laughs> <And> it wasn't <laughs> always yelling. I, I know, I'm exaggerating. But that's emotionally how it felt to Absolutely. me. Like, how can we... How can I help you to understand each other better? Um, well, when sometimes when you're dealing with a teenager, that's not always where they're at. And yeah. so it's wasted words, and then you end up feeling like I abandoned you in the process. 
Yeah. Not a good thing in a marriage. <laughs> no, no, no. Because, you know, I've got a, as a one, I've got a list. I always have a list I'm working on. And one of the things on the list was to, to correct this child, help this child grow. And now I not only have that problem, but now I have a problem with my wife. And so it just added to the list. And, uh, but again, Sorry. I was, but, but I'm coming from my values. You were coming from your values. It was so helpful to figure that out. And there's probably, I mean, I would hope people listening to this that they're probably hearing you guys share this and you're, they're thinking, holy crap, I need to go home and do the Enneagram with my wife or my husband. And, and I hope mm-hmm. that does come out of this, that I think it's good for married couples to, to at least take the test, to understand each other a little bit. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's, I don't think it's going to fix every problem in marriage. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot more, but, uh, but I think this could help. And I think you guys are a testament to that. So it's cool hearing that. So, so that's kind of marriage. Now, before we'll get into some resources here in a minute, but but I know we've taken the test as a staff team. Um, Shannon, I know you walked us through some stuff and some staff meetings. So we we've done this. So we know what our numbers are, and we joke about it even around this table. We're saying Rick's the one, and drives everybody crazy. Love you, Rick. Um, but uh, though I'm not the only one on the team, that is true. That is true. I'm surrounded <laughs> by ones and threes There's, and eights yeah. on our team. It's Praise a little, Jesus. True, yeah. Praise it's Jesus. a little overwhelming for a nine. <laughs> I'm the only nine. So Ooh, yeah. So so with that, I mean we joke about it, but but what what's been the positive? Like what's been the the good thing for us as a staff team to know what each other are and how has that impacted the way we relate to each other on our team? Well, Pastor Austin, you and I had a breakthrough on this, right? So we work very closely together. Austin, as our administrative pastor, uh, gets a lot of things done for our ministry. Go threes. Go, Go threes. threes. He's a three. I'm a one. Both of us value checking things off. Your greater value is on checking things off quickly and moving. My greater value is on checking things off correctly. That's going to be a typical difference between a three and a one. And so you were starting to get frustrated because you would check something off and I would come along and uncheck the box. And the worst thing you can do to Austin is to uncheck one of the boxes he's already checked. Right. Oh yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> and, and so, but but because you got it done, but I saw what still needed fixed, what still needed done correctly, and and so that was a, a sore spot between us, and it was helpful to understand. Oh, this is what, what's going on. It was a big totally. benefit. And to clarify, I'll be the peacemaker for a second oh, and please. say it's not that Austin doesn't care that it's done correctly. He does. And, Absolutely. You know, it's so. not that I don't care that it's done quickly. Right. It's just a comparative value. Right. Uh, Absolutely. And and yeah, if Austin wasn't not only efficient but effective, he wouldn't have his job. He's incredible at what he does. Right. Way to go, Thank you, Shannon. Way to come in there and just... Way to go, nine. That's the value of a nine. Every team needs a nine, especially (laughs) when there are lots of reads on it. But yeah. So I think another thing is we're able to laugh about each other, Mm -hmm. like in a healthy way, not in a mocking way, but in a like... Sometimes we roll our eyes and say, yeah, that's because so-and-so's wired like that or whatever, and it helps us to laugh. I think also um, one of the things we keep in mind as a team is um, it, it provides, an op- because we're talking in a common language, it can provide an opportunity to ask a question. So because I know that you know a two is wired to be a helper, instead of getting frustrated if I you know, bump into something with Mo, I can just ask a question based on the fact that, hey, I think you might be approaching this this way. Are you? You know, like it just allows for, I think, some common language and some ability to appreciate each other 
in unique ways that way. So, yep. I mean, the gospel is the thing that's going to transform us. We're not looking to the Enneagram to transform us, but it might inform us as to what's going on. And that's huge. And we didn't say that earlier. Yeah. Tease that out a little bit more. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it falls under the category of it being just a tool. I mean, we believe that God and his word are the things and his spirit are the things that that cause sanctification and growth and change us and make us, that's where our identity is rooted. The most important thing about me is not that I'm a nine, it's that I'm a daughter of God. But it can be helpful to inform me to know, you know, it's like any other part of who you are. If I know you grew up in a really hard home situation, that informs how I might approach you or how I might talk about family or, you know, and so I think it, it falls in that category. It doesn't transform us. It does inform for us. And at one point we talked about it, it's similar to the law that Galatians talks about, like the law can't change you, doesn't change you, but what it does is it shows you that you need to change, how you need, and what changes is the gospel, the gospel of grace. The Spirit of God, absolutely. And so the Enneagram is actually very, very powerless to change you. Absolutely. Uh, it, it is God himself through his gospel with his grace. That's where the change comes. But it can be a great lens to say, who am I and how do I need to change? Exactly. Yep. And I think it will be most useful if we keep it in that context and keep bringing ourselves back to putting it under the gospel. Well, that's some great stuff. And before we before we get into resources, I just want to make sure if there's anything else you guys want to share about it. I mean, we'll share some practical resources to read, but any other kind of closing thoughts about the Enneagram before we share some of those resources? Jim? Yeah, I, I, I am a big fan of it, yeah, sure. obviously, because it's been powerful for me as a tool in helping me understand myself and um, bring some things into the light. I'm I'm probably a big fan of just bringing things into the light. That's really what I, and the Enneagram helped me do that. So uh, if you think it'll help you, don't hesitate. But but if you don't, that's okay too. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, and it's been a, a great tool. I've seen it work a lot of life in your life. It's You know, there's been a fresh air in there. And, and so that's been wonderful. It's been good in our marriage. But that doesn't mean it's going to be for everybody, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we've mentioned maybe some resources as we went, but let's just kind of, and we'll drop these in the show notes if you're listening, so don't, don't try to take notes as you're driving. Just look back later. But um, what, uh, what are some resources? What are some books? What are maybe some places we can push people if they want to learn a little bit more? So the first book I read that I felt like was really helpful at unpacking it was called The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron. Um, he did a great job. He and his co-author, Suzanne Stabile, did a great job of just kind of breaking it apart and helping me. I mean, that's when I first kind of came alive. I really, uh, Beth McCord, uh, is she online, she calls herself the Enneagram Coach. And she does um, a fabulous job of constantly bringing the Enneagram back in light of the gospel, like over and over and over again. And she's the one who wrote the book that was helpful in our marriage called Becoming Us. Well, she and her husband. Yes. You know, you I know, just footnote. You know. feel like that bear saying. 
they do a podcast together. There's, she's got some great resources, um, and I, I would strongly recommend her, because, specifically because of the way she keeps bringing it back to the gospel all the time. Um, I would, the, there's been some popular writing, and I asked Rick's permission before I went here, but um, Richard Rohr has done some Enneagram stuff that some Christians have um, delved into, but in recent years, his theology is becoming increasingly more, uh, makes me a little nervous. We um, would not recommend yeah. Richard Rohr. And so I would just wave you off of that because there's some good resources, but there are also some bad resources that will take you into more of a mystical kind of approach to it. And we don't want to go there. Yeah, that's a good catch because if, if someone, man, someone could Google Enneagram and they're going to find a lot of podcasts, a lot of books. And as we said earlier, it's not necessarily, this isn't a Christian thing from the foundation. So yeah, so please, not everything you find online is going to be endorsed by us. So Absolutely. Um, these are some good resources, but also things to look, look for. So uh, any other ones? No, those would be my main ones. All right. Well, this has been a great discussion uh, about the Enneagram. Hopefully people, uh, if they don't know about it, will check it out, maybe take it. But again, I love what you said, uh, Shannon. It's not the gospel. It's not the thing that's going to fix all your spiritual issues. It's a tool, and hopefully people mm-hmm. find it uh, as a useful tool for that. So, uh, And Shan, thanks so much for being on with us today. Always love doing ministry with you as we have for quite some time now in partnership. Thanks for being on with us. Yeah, it's my Thank pleasure. Thanks for joining us. We hope this has been a blessing to you, and we look forward uh, to sharing some more stuff with you next month and the next episode. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.